0: Light is a good thing, a very good thing. Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast uh, hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And light is going to be a key part of our discussion today on this podcast. And Chris, I'm just curious, you ever been in a situation where you really could have used some light?
1: Yeah, you know, my my favorite recollection about darkness uh, is from a cave. Mammoth Cave isn't far from uh, where we live. And one of the parts of uh, of the tour is they, they shut off all the light so that you can experience total darkness. <laughs> and it's crazy how dark a, a cave or a mine, a mine shaft is. And uh, uh, it's just, that's yeah, it, kind of my, my go-to r- reminder of dark, what darkness is really like.
0: It sure is. And of course, I've experienced that too in the caves in, in New Mexico, but physical darkness is one thing, but what we're going to really talk about today is, is spiritual darkness. I think spiritual darkness, of course, is a greater issue. So our focus today is going to be on Jesus and how he is the light that shines into our dark world. So joining Chris and I for this discussion about Jesus as the light is Dr. Ron Brown. Ron is the uh, writer of the Herschel Hobbes commentary, and he wrote the commentary that appears there for our study that we're in today. Ron, thank you for joining us for this podcast.
2: Well, thanks for inviting me. It was a privilege to receive the invitation from you. Glad to do it.
0: And Ron has written for a long time for Hobbs commentary. Uh, in fact, uh, Ron, help me out here. I'm going to make sure I tell this, right. Since the Hobbes commentary has been around,
2: you are the only, the third writer that's written for Hobbs, correct? I, I think that's right. Yeah. I mean, of course it was Dr. Hobbes and then uh, Bob Dean for about 16 years. And then, uh, then there was some kind of fill in kind of stuff where we recycled some things and, uh, uh, at some point along the way, too, and then and then me. Uh, and boy, that's uh, that is quite a, an honor to be associated with uh, with those two gentlemen and uh, to be part of the uh, the project. So I'm highly appreciative in, by that.
0: Well, Ron, you have certainly carried on the tradition of uh, from Dr. Hobbs of that just that good solid scholarship.
1: Well, obviously, well, I'm I'm younger than you two guys. So you tell our yeah. listeners who who Herschel Hobbs was and his significance uh, to this. Yeah.
2: Well, back in the 50s and 60s, you know, Herschel Hobbs was, uh, I mean, he might have been the most renowned Southern Baptist in the country because he, for like 25 years, was uh, the preacher on the Baptist Hour, which was uh, broadcast across the country. Radio, he, radio, right? On radio, right. Okay. And he was uh pastor for... Uh, that many years at uh, First Baptist Church, Oklahoma City, and served as president of Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, uh, his, uh, maybe his maybe his greatest renown was leading the group that developed the Baptist Faith and Message, uh, which is the Southern Baptist uh, doctrinal statement. Uh, uh, that that was, was the
1: 63 version?
2: That was the 63 version. And, uh, you know, that served uh, as the doctrinal statement until 2000 when a revision was made but even so much of that revision still reflects the group the the work of that original group that was led by dr hobbs so he has been he was an illustrious southern baptist personality but even more than that uh he was he's a renowned bible scholar i think that he has written some book on at least every book in the new testament Hmm. uh and uh, uh i've you know i I search around every once in a while. Of course, Dr. Hobbs died in 1995, I think it was. Uh, but I still search around every once in a while uh, looking for copies of books that he wrote on New Testament books, which have become an important part of my library, especially trying to represent Herschel Hobbs in the Herschel Hobbs commentary. I always think, you know, it would be interesting to know what Dr. Hobbs thought about this. Matter. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so I go back and do that. I, I did not, when I came Uh, When I came to LifeWay in 1987, Baptist Sunday School Board in those days, my editorial assignment was studying adult life and work lessons, which was the predecessor for Herschel Hobbes' commentary. Uh, And so I I did not know Dr. Hobbes, but as soon as he learned that I was coming, I got a note, and I've still got it somewhere, where he wrote, it's a handwritten note. Uh, that, uh, you know, welcomed me and he looked forward to working with me. And it was always a joy to get a phone call from him uh, if for no other reason he heard a funny story and he wanted to tell it. And, And nobody, nobody enjoyed, you know, the funny story any more than he did. Uh, whether it was really that funny or not, you got caught up, you got caught up in the conversation because he was enjoying it. So, and so, boy, it was, uh, it was a delight to get to know him as, you know, as I say, it's, uh, to be able to kind of be in those, uh, those shoes now as a writer, uh, in some ways I've come full circle with the product and, uh, uh, it's just quite a, quite an honor, uh, to, uh, to be a writer.
0: Well, thank you, Ron, for doing that. Now, with the Herschel Hobbes commentary, just as part of the Bible Studies for Life family, as I'm sure you've picked up, uh, it's a supplemental commentary. We do provide commentary course in your leader in the leader guides but this is a supplemental commentary that just it gives a lot more insight spends a little more time with the text uh so if you if you lead a group or if you're just interested want to study more uh, on the particular passages we look at each week i would really encourage you to pick up a copy of herschel hobbs commentary
1: so one of the distinctives of uh the hobbs commentary is that it uses king james Mm-hmm. As, as the Bible reference. And yeah. Ron, I know you do a really good job of translating the translation, if you will. <laughs> uh, so that uh, the insights um, are, are significant and great, uh, along with just the, the help, helping people make that transition uh, from the King James to, to how we would talk about use language okay. today.
2: Well, Doctor Hobbes was a King James preacher. I mean, that was that was the Bible, and of course. Again, you're talking back in, the, uh, especially fifties and sixties, but you know, Doctor Hobbes goes back into the forties and and the thirties, late thirties. Uh, you know, King James version of the Bible was kind of the Bible, and so uh, that's that ha- has always been his text. But being the Greek scholar that he was, uh, you know, he was certainly very uh, capable with the Greek new Testament. And, uh, he, uh, you know, his teacher, his Greek teacher was, his name was Archibald Thomas Robertson uh, 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 and he, wow. he and, and AT Robertson had a series of books called word pictures in the new Testament, which he takes verse after verse, after verse, and it's really breaking down some of those Greek terms. And, uh, you know for, for Dr. Hobbs he he just fell right into that that same approach uh, and that's what he did when uh, you know when he first started writing this piece and he actually started writing this piece for for the folks in his church uh, it, it was not he was not writing for publication he was but people began to hear about it and again if in those in that era when you talk about Herschel Hobbes, people were interested in what Hobbes had to say about a new Testament passage. So people started asking for it. And the way I understand it, and this was before my day, but the way I understand it was Doc Sullivan, who was president of the uh, Baptist Sunday school board in those days, you know, called up his good buddy because they, you know, they were, these were first name people, you know, so, you know, he called up and you know Herschel, you're writing this thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's popular and it's being written off of our outlines to support our lessons. So let's see if we can't work something out here. And so that was sort of a, uh, uh, you know, the seed for what became studying adult life and work lessons, because that was the name of the series in those days. And then, you know, evolved into Herschel Hobbes commentary. So wow. it had a start in his ministry to his church and uh, people like Dr. Sullivan were perceptive enough, both from a business perspective, as well right. as, as well as a, uh, you know, biblical theological uh, perspective to say, hey, we need to we need to work together here and not That's be competitive.
1: Awesome story, man! Thanks for sharing and
2: that. One of the one of the fascinating experiences in my life. You know, I spent uh, over twenty three years at Baptist Science School Board Lifeway. Is we recognized Dr. Hobbs on the occasion of the twentieth anniversary, I think it was, of this product, and uh, and so uh, I stood uh, in the what was then the Dargan Library with Herschel Hobbs and James Sullivan just listening to them swap stories. (laughs) And, I, you know, I I can't really tell you any of those stories. I just don't remember them. But I thought, wow, what a moment. Because here are two – who are these two guys that just, to me, I was in awe of, and I'm standing here in the middle of them while they tell tales to one another. Wow.
1: (laughs) That's awesome.
0: And for those of us who are younger, that are and certainly younger than, than us, that don't know these names, we do not realize we are standing on their shoulders. Oh, me. Uh, we are doing what we do because of the. how the work they did that preceded us. Uh, And Ron, you have certainly carried on that tradition of good scholarship. I appreciate it. Thank you. We want to take advantage of that. As we talk about uh, this passage or these two passages today, Uh, we are in the study of called irrefutable that we started just last week. What we're doing is we're looking at some old Testament prophecies that tie to the Christmas narrative. And then we're seeing the fulfillment of those in the New Testament, so this this week we're looking at the idea that Jesus is the light. Uh, the, he's the light that is in the darkness, and we're going to begin uh, with looking at the prophecy, prophecy in Isaiah chapter nine. Now, Ron and Chris, let me. I'm just going to read. Uh, I'm going to read the first couple of verses here, and I'd like for you to just kind of help get the background, and the context as, as we look at this. But let me read this. Nevertheless, the gloom of the distressed land will not be like that of the former t- former times when he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will bring honor to the way of the sea, to the land east of the Jordan and to Galilee of the nations. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. So tell me what's going on with these people
2: we're hearing about. Well, you know, we're dealing with history. One of the, one of the fa- fascinating things about reading the Old Testament, I think, in particular, is uh, how God was at work in the course and context of human history. Uh, sure. that, that, uh, and and I, I know a lot of people don't, don't enjoy history. Uh, And maybe that's one reason why a lot of people aren't drawn as much to the Old Testament, because to understand much of the Old Testament, you need to have some understanding of the historical context in which the prophet was speaking. Sure. And, uh, you know, and Isaiah is a fascinating book. It's. Uh, I You know, I, I ha- always hesitate to say, well, that's one of my favorites because, uh, you know, if we were studying, <laughs> uh, if we were studying Haggai or Habakkuk, I'd say this is one of my favorites uh, because, you know, it's, it's God's word and there's just something fascinating about it. But Isaiah is such a, he is such an imaginative writer is what I would say. He's writing about history, but the way he expresses it with so much poetic imagery. Uh, it, it is really captivating, uh, but but we do need to go back and and say you know what was he talking about? Well, what he was, where he is, uh, where Isaiah is, is giving this message is, it's what God is doing in bringing out a judgment on His people. Sure, and okay. and that's why. Uh, because they were a rebellious people, whether you're talking Northern Kingdom or Southern Kingdom, they were rebellious people. Uh, and rebellion re- actually boils down to this they were an unbelieving people. I mean, that's when you're rebelling against God, that's what it amounts to is that I'm saying, God, I don't believe you. And so God is. Is uh, this is a message from Isaiah about God's uh, disciplinary action against the northern uh, and and eventually the southern kingdom. Well, the interesting thing, and you find this you know, I mentioned Habakkuk, you find it there as well. That sometimes the way God exercised His discipline was by using other nations who who came in and uh, imposed themselves upon uh, uh, you know upon. Those people who were to be God's people, and so that's kind of the context here that you have to go back into chapter eight that that the Assyrians have become an instrument of God to bring judgment uh, up uh, upon his people and this reference to Zebulun and Naphtali uh, they were regions of Galilee, the northern kingdom, and so. Uh, They become kind of symbolic, sort of representative of what God was doing uh, in in bringing discipline upon the northern kingdom uh, because of their rebellion or their unbelief. And so uh, spiritually speaking, when you describe God's judgment and when you describe the people who are rebelling against God is that they are dwelling or living in a life of Dimness, as King James says, or gloom, as uh, CSB says, or darkness, as some other translations might say. That that uh, not only not only politically is it a dark time, especially spiritually, it is a dark time because all that's going on uh, is really because of their rebellion against God in the first place. And so this is a spiritual message that's set in the context of human history.
1: So the Assyrians were the world power uh, 7, 722, 723 BC is when they uh, conquer what we know as the Northern kingdom. When the kingdom was divided, um, the, the, the land they came through uh, on their way to uh, becoming this dominant power in that in that part of the world was this Northeast, excuse me, Northwest, northwest. of Jerusalem yeah. uh, land where uh, Galilee that we know of in the new Testament and Nazareth is, is in that region.
2: Yeah. It, it, the interesting thing about that is, you know, Galilee or these, these, these tribes or regions of Galilee, that are spoken of here is where Jesus did the bulk of his ministry while he was on the earth is, you know, he was he was from Nazareth, which is in Galilee, uh, you know, he went to Cana, which was in Galilee he was in Capernaum, which is in Galilee, so so much of what he did was was in that region. So you well, got right. that long-term connection there.
0: And Matthew, in his gospel, he brings that out. Uh, see, it's uh, Matthew, in, it's in chapter 4, where he even quotes this passage where it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. Yeah, Matthew quotes that to talk about this is pointing to Jesus. And so when we go to our next passage, we get into John chapter 1, this idea of Jesus connecting him to that light that's shining in the darkness. We see John, I think <laughs> he really goes to town using this picture of uh, of, of the light again. Yeah. Let me, let me uh, take us to John chapter one. Uh, let me just, the first four verses here. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. And here it comes. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. So uh, before we talk about the light, it's kind of talk about, let's talk about the word for just a moment, because that's a prominent word. <laughs> word is a prominent word in what John has written here. Yeah. Uh, what, what exactly uh, is he talking about?
2: Well, and, and some people that don't know Greek otherwise – uh, you know, there's some Greek words people are familiar with. Agape. Most uh, everybody that's been engaged in some Bible study have learned about agape as love. And, and word is the word logos. And so that may also be a, a word that's uh, that's familiar to folks. And uh, it it's a it was a very common word, both to Gentile audiences and Hebrew audiences. But it had a slightly different meaning to those two, you know let's let's say those two cultural perspectives. Uh, the The Gentiles, the Greeks, uh, we might sometimes talk about them as being a more uh, philosophically driven people. you know they they like to they like to think big thoughts, grand thoughts. <laughs> and so word for them. Uh, captured that whole idea of being philosophical. It was it was being very rational in in the, your approach to thinking. Uh, the the Hebrews were a uh, uh, you know for them you know the word probably captured more the idea of communication and it would it might even for them have a a much more uh, I'll call it a religious background to it because when you talk about uh, the word, you think about something that was spoken, and when you think about spoken words, and especially the way John begins this, you know, it takes you back to Genesis, and the fact that God spoke, and it was by the speaking of his word that creation came into being. So, you know, for the Hebrews, it's going to make a connection to, you know, unto the the Lord God. For the Greeks, it might, it might, I'm going to say more about that, but it might, uh you know, have a more rational, philosophical kind of implication, and what John is doing is bringing the two together to say, wow. "I'm talking about the Lord God Almighty, and the Lord God Almighty is not some you know regional deity over here somewhere, uh, but He is the God of all creation, the God of all universe, the, you know, the God who has spoken all things into being, and He is, you know, He is rational." <laughs> Uh, about him so uh, now there are other there are other views that say that making those two distinctions is uh, you know kind of a a stretch but you will find a lot of commentators who feel like you know it it was John's way of speaking to a a Greek audience and a Hebrew audience and trying to get them kind of on the same page let me just make one other thing about it what I think the word does is when we think about words we think about communication And so this was what we're we're seeing here is is God from the beginning was communicating with people that he was calling out to be his people. And when you talk about communication, you're talking about revelation because when we talk to each other, we're trying to reveal something. And then we, we may also talk about it in terms of explanation that, uh, God has communicated something in his communication, he has revealed something. And uh, in his in, in His revelation, uh, we need to understand that revelation, have explanation of that revelation so that it can lead to transformation in our lives. Uh, it's just a powerful connection there to me between word and communication and revelation and uh, explanation that leads to transformation. It's a, po- a powerful expression
1: you did a great job explaining that. I appreciate that. John uh, makes this reference that Jesus was the light of men in John 8. He will say, Jesus Jesus will say, I am the light of the world. And so we, we're trying in this passage to connect the dots. We're trying to help people understand that what isaiah prophesied and you will see that at christmas on christmas cards yeah. and it'll it that the uh people walking in darkness have seen a great light is is a passage that will be referenced and uh, we're trying to make the connection that it in this season we get the opportunity um to to make it known that we believe that jesus is the that light he is the light of the world he is what Isaiah prophesied he is the fulfillment of that prophecy, which connects us back to the whole purpose of this study.
2: Yeah. And, you know, the world, our world today is not different, spiritually speaking, than what, John, what Isaiah was talking about in chapter nine, because we still are, are living in dimness or darkness or the kind of gloom, spiritually speaking, that comes because uh, we are a, we still are a world that is uh, is living in rebellion against God. Rebellion meaning we're not always believing everything that God says. And when you when you don't, that is spiritual darkness.
1: So that was the way it was in Isaiah's time. The world that jesus came into that's the way it was then yeah. and
2: that's the way it is then that's the way it is yeah wow but there is a solution i mean that's there's what hope. that's what we're trying to point to there's hope there was a solution it's interesting if you go back to isaiah the the you know some of the prophetic language in english we're pretty precise with verbs you know we've got you know we've got these past present and future tenses and when you're talking prophetically Those words aren't quite as uh, as distinct uh, because you know when you're talking about first of all when you're talking about God you're not talking about time right Uh, you, you you know you you yeah he's past but he's also present he's also future I mean the very the very name that the Lord told Moses, say that I am captures all of that. It's, uh, <laughs> it's good. You know, it's that I am, I, I am past, I am present, I am future. And so uh, when, when Isaiah is speaking, if you read some translations like KJV, uh, you know, he, he may talk about people have uh, walked and they have seen a great light. Well, at at, the, at this point, they had not actually seeing the light but Isaiah could say it with such specificity because it's something God is going to do and if it's something God is going to do then it's as well as done and uh so you know there is a sense in which what Isaiah is saying probably had some local Uh, immediate or or at least more immediate application. But when we read it in light of who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do and how writers like John describe Jesus, it's why it's easy to see that, uh, oh, there is another level of what I'm reading here. That again, that's part of the intrigue to me of reading. Uh, reading scripture is reading in, in context of history and figuring out what it meant. And then, you know, moving to the next level on that to say, okay, what's God saying to me in the 21st century? And, or what's he going to, what's he saying that it will be just as applicable in the 31st century, if there is one, because the message of God has that eternal nature to it. It's it's always true. And, and uh, it's always applicable. Great job.
0: So when we think about this, what John was writing here about the light shines in the darkness, that is certainly true today. And in uh, in 2021, that the light still shines in the darkness. Uh, Let me let me in fact, let me look at verse five there. Uh, John wrote the light shines in the darkness, yet the darkness did not overcome it. Then he says there's a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light. But he came to testify about the light, and here it says you kind of was looking forward now. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. John is setting the stage for the arrival of Jesus. Uh, He is the light coming into the world.
1: We ask some questions as a part of what we do with. Bible studies for, uh, for life and one of those questions is in your group that you might use this week in your group is what are some ways Jesus has been light shining in your darkness so that gives us a way to make it personal uh, what are and then what are some practical ways, practical ways we can shine the light of Jesus uh, in the in the world that we live in
2: you know we we talked about when we talked about Isaiah we talked about their rebelliousness was a matter of unbelief, and that is a critical word in understanding John's gospel. That he is he is writing so that people may believe in Jesus as the Son of God, the Word, the Life, the Light. Uh, you know what is the most famous words that John ever wrote, and that was John three sixteen. And that word believe is so critical there. So uh, you know when, when John is writing he is writing for the idea that uh that people will will believe move beyond their rebelliousness against god because that's the only way that you can walk in the light which is what isaiah was trying to emphasize you know centuries before that uh, these people have seen a great light well we have seen a great light and at christmas time we get to we get to celebrate that with all kinds of freshness and joy again that the light has come
1: Good word. Good reminder. That's this is why we have created uh, this study so that people in this season uh, can can focus on uh, these irrefutable prophecies that Jesus has come to fulfill. And in this season, we as the church have this marvelous opportunity in a world that is filled with darkness to speak light, to be light, to shine the light of Jesus into into a world who desperately needs uh, this light, because it is a dark world that we live in. So thank you, Ron, for taking the time to share with us. Lynn? Hey,
0: thanks for letting me. Yeah, Ron, appreciate that very much. So uh, I trust you're going to have a rich conversation with your Bible study group, whether you're leading it or you're just a a group participant. uh, Take some time to look at these passages. uh, And certainly, if you want to grab a copy of the Herschel Hobbes commentary uh, to get some of the richness of the passages that Ron helps to highlight. Uh, But we thank you for joining us for this podcast, and we look forward to being with you next week as we continue looking at this study, Irrefutable, The Prophecies That Point Us to Jesus.